Good morning, everyone. Let's get started. Yesterday was Daf Tezvav. Today is Daf Zion. And we're going to do a review of yesterday's Daf. Get to today's. We are learning Leili Nishmas from Abashmol Shimon and Daniel Banet Baruch Ben Yudaleib Ve'Amy and Aftali Yosef Ben Chaim Nisan Alevi. Also, well, Nisham is having Aliyah. Also, Rufur Shalema to Amy Bazdvara. How's she doing? She's better already? Sure, she's she's good as good. Anyhow, thank you very much. Is she All right, home? never mind. Yeah, yeah home. She's home. She's home. She's fine. And I'm, I'm home. I'm fine. You're fine. Baruch Hashem. Okay. And with that, let's get started on the review of yesterday's daf. We have a lot to uh, review. And we're going to start our review from, um, I believe it was Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcha. Is that right? Um, which is in the middle of Daf Yud Dalet Amid Beis. That's where we're starting a review and uh, work our way over yesterday's Daf. So, um, Rabbi Shuman Karcha was talking about in the Mishnah for the, re- the explanation why is the order of the, Mish- of the Shema the way we have it. That first is the parish of Shema, um, and that's because it's Kabbalah's Omach HaShemayim. Then is the parish of Ha'yim Shemoah, because that's the Kabbalah's Om Mitzvos. And then Vayomer, because that's only, rep, um, uh, uh, only applicable in the day, and well, as far as the Vayom Shemol, is both day and night, and that was the explanation. Comes along the Gemara, and we see a b'risa from Rav Shemayichoy's opinion, who says a different explanation, that it makes sense that Shema should come before Vayom Shemol, because Shema is talking about lil mode. And Vayim Shema is Lilamid. Obviously, you have to learn before you teach. So that's why it makes sense. Vayim Shema comes before Vayomer because this is Lilmod O Lilamid. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Vayim Shema is before Vayomer because this is Lilmod and that's Lassos. So Lilmod is before Lassos. You have to learn what to do before you do it. So the Gemara was bothered. Is that what do you mean? Um, uh, it, 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 the, the, the Gemara's bother is that, what do you mean, Shema is not, there's Lilmod and not Lilamed, and Lasos, it's everything, it's Shvishi Nantam, which is also teaching, and it's Ukshartam Machsavtam, which is also doing, so it's all three of them. And also, Vayim Shema is only Lilamed and not Lasos, what do you mean, it's Ukshartam and Machsavtam is also written in uh, the second parsha of Kriya Shema. So what it's saying is this, that it makes sense that Shema should come before Vayim Shema because it's Lilmod Ulamid Velasos by Shema Parsha, and Vayim Shema is uh, is only Lilamid and Lasos, as opposed to by as and Vayim Shema should be before Vayomer because that's Lilamid and Lasos, and uh, and Parshas Vayomer is only Lasos. Okay. What about Rabbi Shulman Karcha's reason? Why wasn't that a good enough reason? The answer is, you're right. There's more than one reason. That one is one explanation. Plus, there's an additional reason, this one. That it should be O Mach uh, first, and then O Mitzvahs. And, uh, and, uh, but uh, besides for that, there's also this factor. Now, we saw the Gemara next, Rav would wash his hands, read Kriyashma, then put on Tefillin, and then Davin Shman and the question is, how does that work? I, the Bryce says that if you are in the middle of a mitzvah of digging a, a, a burial plot for a person, and that, so you're going to be put from Kriyashma and from Tvila and from Tvilin. 
and all mitzvahs that are in the Torah, because the rule is osik be mitzvahs bottom in a mitzvah. What if you what if it comes the time for Krishna? So then you can you get up from the what you're doing, you do Natil Zadaim, you put on Tfilin, then you read Krishna and then you daven. So Gemara says, wait a second. I thought you said Ozuk bin Mitzvah's bottom in a mitzvah. And then you're saying you gotta go back and do it. So the answer is no, it's not a stira. If you're the only one who's there to to dig the pit, so then you're mechayiv to be to stay there and also be mitzvah. But if you have somebody else who's with you, so then you can take a rotation. So you go up while he's digging, and then he'll go up while you're digging, and then it's okay. And then you would not be have the p'tur of also be mitzvah. You would be um, obliged to daven in kriyashma. But the bottom line is, we do have a question because here we're making sure to put on tefillin before kriyashma. So what's pshat in Rav? So the Gemara explains that Rav, perhaps Rav holds like Rabbi Shulman Karcha, um, which who held that you need kabbalas all machashamayim before all mitzvahs. So the Gemara says that's that's not that's nothing to do. That's talking about when it comes to which parsha do you read first. You read the parsha of kabbalas all machashamayim before the parsha of reading of 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 uh, all mitzvahs. But that does not mean that you don't do the mitzvahs before you say Kriyashma. That doesn't make any sense. And uh, even and, and, and Bechlal, we know that Rav does not hold the Rav Shuman Karcho, because Rav Chia Barachi said, I was many times before Rav, he would get up early, wash his hands, before he'd say the brachas, then he'd teach us the Mishnayis, then he'd put on Tefillin, and then he would read Kriyashma. So now you're going to say maybe it was because it wasn't yet time for Kriyashma, um, and that's why he put on, uh, he, that's why he, he read Shema before doing the mitzvahs. The Gemara says that's how, that has nothing to do with that. If that's true, then what was Rabbi Chibashi trying to say? The Gemara says, no, 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 maybe he's trying to say a different idea. You're right, it wasn't yet Tazman Kriyashma when he started Shir, it was too early, but he wanted to. Um, he wanted to teach us that you need to say Birchas HaToyra before teaching even Mishnayas. Okay. But uh, the bottom line is, it seems that there's a kasha on Rav, the Gemara answers, it's not that Rav's fault. He asked somebody to bring him his twillin, and the person forgot to bring the twillin, or whatever, it was late in coming with the twillin, and he couldn't wait any longer, so he, he just davened Kriyashma, because remember, Kriyashma, you run out of time if you don't uh, catch, it, uh, catch it right away. We did see from Ula that anybody who reads Kriyashma without wearing the tefillin, it's like he's made an edu sheker ba'atzmo, so it's a very negative thing. Where Pchir Abba says it's like he's bringing a korban ola without the mincha or a zevach without the nisachim. You don't have the other additional parts, and that's what's not appropriate. What is proper kabbalas ola? That's not exactly correct because. What? You mean like the Nesachim you can bring right now, and Nesachim you can bring later, so what's the big deal? Yeah, no, it's like you didn't so, bring it. Now, uh, yeah, I can't. You don't bring right. it at all, that's why I understand that. But you can bring it at a different time. Right. So you say, Shmah, So, Rabbi Yochanan is not uh, any. No, it, it's going. Well, no, the, the, all he's trying to say is, is that you're missing the additional parts. He's not saying. Yeah, no, it's not saying that he's not trying to imply that those things must be brought together and you have to bring the mincha at the same time that you bring the ola. He's just saying it's like you have the carbon ola without a mincha, and it's like you, which is not a valid. You, and not, the halach is that you need to bring the accompanying things. Rashi, I mean, Tessus points out that actually 
Oyla also has the Nisachim, but uh, that's uh, just the, it's quoting off the Pasuk. Oyla, Mincha, Zevach, Nisachim, Tvaryev, Yemai. That's, uh, that's the Pasuk of having everything on your daily service, and that's, all, what, that's what he's saying. Okay. Don't you know it's more Obviously, it's not to counter. Rav, Rav is really showing that, but if you don't have tefillin, you don't miss Kriyashima. You're still the winning. Right, you don't want, right. Obviously, that's when you have, when you have tefillin, of course you should put on tefillin, but sometimes, let's say, a person has stomach problems, and you don't put on the tefillin, but you still say Kriyashima because you don't want to miss man Kriyashima. It's Kiyu. So if you're. I actually did it. Now, maybe you should have you better to say it. If you're or I, I, um, if you don't have your tefillin with you, then, then, then you don't want to miss my kriyashma. Absolutely, yeah, they are, they are that's exactly right. There are two different mitzvahs. Just that in kriyashma, I mentioned, you know, tefillin. We well, so. mentioned tefillin, so it just looks weird. That's all. They're saying sometimes you don't have a choice. Right, yeah. Yeah, but we have our tefillin at least. Yeah, that's yeah, a different. No, we, we say Krishna. 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 But it's already the man of tefillin usually by the time of Krishna. That's the Bibi Shia. Or even if it's not a man of tefillin yet, yeah, you can put your tefillin before the man of Krishna. Before you say Krishna, we still tell Krishna. Right, the bracha time is known as Mishiyakir, same time as Talas. But the myth of Krishna is known as Shakar earlier. Krishna, there's two meets, the two obligations. The time for Krishna, what he's trying to say, the time for Krishna is as early as, is what you're saying, whatever. It's explaining. It's not translating, right? The is is not the same exact, it's when people get up in the morning. And therefore, we saw in the Gemara earlier that you can say it as early as Amr HaShachar, as dawn, which is before we make brachas of tefillin. Tefillin is dependent on Mishiyakir. Um, so bracha, that's yeah, at least the bracha for tefillin. But we put on our tefillin, and that's fine. It, it, it isn't a contradiction. There's no latest time to have to put on tefillin. Tefillin you can wear all day. Yeah, any time of the day. So we have circumstances like I'm traveling, I can't put on tefillin. Right. You say you should, of course, say Shema and Shema and Esra, but you put on film when you get a chance, right? Yeah, exactly. you get up early in the morning, you put on the film way before it's out of film, then you go along, you know, you want all the time to say, well, then you take it, then you make a phone on the film. That's what we do all the time in the week. We do all the time. Okay. Why do we put it on the night? Huh? Oh, well, tefillin is bidafka. The Chachamim took away the mitzvah of wearing tefillin at night because you might fall asleep in your tefillin and you have an obligation to, to not uh, to keep, to keep yeah, your body clean while wearing tefillin. So they reject wearing tefillin at night for that very reason. That's the idea. But it's, you're right, it's basically midrabana. Yeah, any more questions? Okay, we're good? All right. Anyway, so we're at the bottom of the we're beginning the Daf Tezvav in our review. Rabbi Yochanan says you want to do proper Kabbalah Shamayim, complete, then first you relieve yourself, clean your body, that means right, go to the bathroom, then you do Natila Sadayim, then you put on Tefillin, read Kriyashma and Yidavin. And that is Malchushmayim Shlema, because it's more, uh, uni- uh, uh, that, that's the best way to, that's the best way to do it. Now, Rav Chia Bar Abbas and Rav Yochran, when you relieve yourself 
first, and then you do Nitzah Zadayim, put on Tefillin, read Kriyashma and Davin, that's uh, like you're building a Mizbech and bringing a Karban, that's the, and that's the idea of having clean hands or being clean before davening, and uh, that's the idea. Uh, it's also like going to the mikvah, we saw, um, as the, it's indicated in the text, and uh, that's the story. Now, we saw Ravina said to Rava that uh, there's this rabbinic student, he's coming from Eretz Yisrael, and he says that if you don't have water to wash your hands, you can wash your, wipe your hands in anything that will clean your hands. And he said, you know what? That is actually indicated in the text because it doesn't say Erchaz B'mayim. It says Erchaz B'nikoyon. So that's what people do. Sometimes there isn't water available. There isn't a sink. They rub their hands on wood or something to just get their hands clean. Yes? Well, meaning the, uh, the washing hands is the Moidiani one? No. Or the this is, one? This is for tefillah. Okay. Before davening, there's an Indian to wash your hands. Specifically. <laughs> And that's what we're touching on over here. So uh, this is uh, right. This is not the this is not the one in the morning, right when you get up. This is before you prepare to daven. You make sure that you don't have to go to the bed. You go you go to the bathroom first, because it's best to daven with a clean body. After that, you do an atilas to daven before. Put on your twill and do and those things. That's I'm the order. To ask the one one, but in the morning you wake up, you relieve yourself, and then you do. But after you go to the bathroom, you should wash your hands again. Well, but you don't make the bracha for the Nikil Sadaim till afterward, till, till after you're ready to be organized the brachas. That's basically the general opinion. Okay, next we saw. Um, Rav Chizda was would curse people who were always looking for water when it was time to davening, and when it's and that was referring to Krishma because after all for Krishma, it's um, the time is of essence. You don't want to miss him on Krishma because it's like you're you're making the the ancillary thing more important, and then you can miss out on this man Krishma. So that's like you have a misplaced priorities. However, for tefillah, where there is time, more, much more time to daven, so then you should, it is appropriate to try and find water to wash your hands before davening. That's only, um, 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 but when you're traveling, you're supposed to go even as far as the parasa, but that's only if it's in the right direction, if it's in the wrong direction. So you don't need to go after water, even, even as much as a mill, but if it's less than a mill, then you would, and that's what we saw. The next thing in the Mishnah is that somebody reads Kriya Shema doesn't say it loud enough that he can hear. He also is Yotze. Rabbi Yossi says he's not Yotze. He reads Kriya Shema and doesn't say the words clearly or carefully. Rabbi Yossi says, yes, you're Yotze. Rabbi Yudha says, no, you're not. Somebody who reads out of order is not fulfill his obligation. And somebody who reads and makes a mistake, you go back to the place where you made your mistake. Okay, we'll see more about that in the, today's daf. So what's the reason of Rabbi Yossi? Because the word says Shema, and Shema means that you have to hear what you're saying. So now, what's Pshah in the Tanakhama? He says, yeah, Shema, it's not required because all it is saying is that it could be in any language. That's why it's a Shema. So Rabbi Yossi says, yeah, that might be true, but it doesn't also imply that you have to hear it. So we saw in another Mishnah elsewhere that somebody who's deaf but he can still speak just can't hear. It should not separate truma, but if he does, the truma is a valid truma. Now, who could that tana be? 
um, um, so that it's only Bidi Eved and not Lechatchila. So Rav Chizda says, it must be this Rav Yossi over here who says that Shema you have to hear. And you're not Yotze if you don't hear your Shema. Because what's Pshat? Um, Pshat is Rav Yossi which says by Shema that you're not Yotze because by Kriya Shema it's a But over there by Truma, which is only the Bracha that's the problem, because the Truma is, there's no... The bracha is separate from the truma. The truma is somebody who's separating the truma. So the problem is only he's missing out on the bracha. Bracha is anyway only midor And therefore, even if the bracha is not ma'akib, so therefore, it's not a problem. Bidi evet, l'chadchil, of course, you should say, it shouldn't be the tzcherish who's doing it because he can't say, he can't hear the, his own bracha. But, but bidi evet, of course, it's going to be a valid truma. And that's going like Rabbi So the Gemara says, how do you know? Maybe it's Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yehuda, maybe it's Rabbi Yehuda, and even by Kriyashma, Rabbi Yehuda never said, L'chadchila, you don't have to hear. He says, B'diavet, if you read Kriyashma and you didn't say it loud enough, you're Yotze. So therefore, there's always a preference that you should be loud enough that you hear your Kriyashma. So, the, and, and, and that's why it says it, B'lashon B'diavet, because it didn't say, that Kairin Kriyashma Belisha Yishma, right? It never says that one should, from the outset, read Kriyashma without anybody hearing it. He's saying, if you did so, it's valid. So that's, uh, that, so the Gemara, that's the Gemara's question. So the Gemara answers is that, um, no, the only reason why it said it, Belashon Bidiyavet, is to tell you how far Rebiosi is Machne. Rebiosi is so strict that even Bidiyavet, even if you did so, still. Um, uh, you, you're not Yotzei uh, you're, you're, you're Kriyashma, even if they're the fact. Um, because Rabbi Yossi would allow even the Chatechila. Now, what do you mean? Uh, so we're saying that we're going like Rabbi Yossi. So the problem is, is that we have another Bryce. The Bryce says a person should not bench Birchaz Hamazon in his heart, meaning without speaking out the words, okay? Scanning, you know, okay? Scanning the words of, of uh, Birchaz Hamazon is not appropriate. Bim Birch. But if you did the Birch Muslim without saying it well, that's Yotze. Now, who could that be? It can't be Rabbi Yossi, because it's Din Daraisa. It can't be Rabbi Yehuda, because it's L'Chatechila, even, without, you don't have to say out the words. So according to us, there is no middle opinion um, in a case of Birch Muslim. I mean, so that's the question. Then we have no source for the Birch Muslim din. So must be what? So the Gemara says, maybe, okay, let's say it's Rabbi Yehuda. And Rabbi Yehuda only allows it with the al Chatechila. So then uh, we have another question because there's Rabbi Yehuda, the son of Rabbi Shem ben Pazi, who says that a cherish medaber ben is Torim l'chatchila. There's no reason that he shouldn't do it. So that sounds like that there's no Indian at all, not even l'chatchila, that he should have to hear it. So that's uh, according to you. There's no Rabbi Yehuda for that either, because Rabbi Yehuda says it's only acceptable b'diavet. Rabbi Yosi says even b'diavet is not acceptable, and there's nobody who says it's lachitchila. Okay. Yeah. B'diavet means if you did so. That's after the fact. Meaning, if you did, okay, it's valid. Not that you, we would. If you ask us what to do, we would say don't do it that way. Follow. That's what b'diavet means. B'diavet is if you did so. Lichatchila means from the outset. How should you do it? This is how you should do it. So that's what we're contrasting. So, it, so basically, what we're saying over here is what our discussion is revolving around is Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, who says that when you read Kriyashma, you don't say it loud enough that you can hear. 
The question is, does he say that that's actually also ideal? Meaning, there is no obligation at all that you should, or preference that you should say it loud enough that you could hear what you're saying. Or he's saying, no, really, if you ask him how to do it, of course you should say it loud enough. But if you did it without saying loud enough, it's still good. That's what bidi evan means. That's the discussion. Exactly. Bidi evan means if you did so. Yes. What's your question? What? If you're deaf, you can't, can't hear, mm-hmm. does it still render? Yeah, that's what we're talking about, right. So, but you're talking about Shema, is it somebody who's saying Shema? Yeah, well, obviously. you can't hear what you're saying. Yeah, so of course, we, uh, that's what Rabbi Yehuda would say. There's no reason. According to Rabbi Yossi, it sounds like you wouldn't even be obligated in the mitzvah. What are you supposed to do? That's exactly what we're saying. That's exactly the machlokas. Question is, is Rabbi Yehuda, again, the core question that we're revolving around is Rabbi Yehuda's allowing to not hear, is that a Lechatchila allowance or is that a Bidi Evid allowance? That's really the core question. Okay. So the Gemara's next, okay, so the Gemara basically is saying that basically we saw by Birchas Hamazon that there is no allowance. We saw that, that, that uh, by Birchas Hamazon it's Bidi Evid okay. So there's somebody talking about a case of Bidyavid over there, which if the and if you're gonna say that's talking Rabbi Yossi, it wouldn't be fitting with Rabbi Yossi because Rabbi Yossi wouldn't allow Bidyavid in a case to Araisa. Birsa Mazon is a case that's the Araisa. So what are we gonna say? It's Rabbi Yehuda. Well if it's Rabbi Yehuda, so then that means even Rabbi Yehuda only allows it Bidyavid. He doesn't say you don't you always do need to do it loud enough that you should hear. And if that's the case, then who could be this source of Rabbi Yehuda, the son of Rabbi Shimon Pazi, who says that a person who's deaf but he can speak, there's no problem with doing truma, even lechatchila. So it's not Rabbi Yehuda, it's not Rabbi Yossi. Okay, so the, the Gemara says that really Rabbi Yehuda holds lechatchila. Aye, what is, then who's the Bidyavid opinion? That's his, there's, a, there's his opinion and his Rebbe's opinion. Okay, because we have a price, we have a Mishnah. But Yehuda says the name of Rabbi Loza ben Azariah, when you read Shema, you do lechatchila have to be loud enough that you can hear it. Okay, and that's from the words Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lekein Hashem Echad. So, so Rameir says, what do you mean? That's not true. It says, Hashem Anochim Mitzabcha Yom Aleva It's on the heart. That's all that matters. It doesn't have to be spoken at. Okay? It goes by Kavana Saleh, Hein Hein Hadvarim. Okay. Now, the Gemara says, so therefore, what we're saying is, is that Rabbi Yudah himself holds, even L'Chadchil, you don't have to hear. Rabbi Yudah's Rebbe, Rabbi Elizabeth Nazaria, says, L'Chadchil, you need to say it loud enough that you could hear it, but in Bidyavid, it's acceptable without that. And then we also have the opinion of Rabbi Yossi, who says even in Bidyavid, it's not acceptable. That's the three, that's the three. Says the Gemara, you don't even need to say that. Once we saw Rameir's Shita, once we were introduced to Rameir, so we could say that Rabbi Yehuda holds like his Rabbi, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, that it's only acceptable Bidi Abed. And Rabbi Meir is the one who allows the Chathila that there's no Indian that you have to hear it. It goes by what's in your heart. As long as you have the right intent, you don't need to speak it out loud enough. Okay, that's the story. Learned in a Mishnah that everyone is kosher to read the Megillah except for Achir Shot of Rabbi Yehuda says a katan is acceptable. Now, what we're saying is, is that a cherishat of a katan 
even B'dyevet is not acceptable. A Kherish is even B'dyevet not acceptable. Even though obviously this is not a Kherish who can't speak because he's able to read the Kriyashma. So, um, who, whose opinion is this? Is it Rabbi Yossi's opinion? Because he says that if it's Lo Yishmi'el is Lo Yatsa. As opposed to Rabbi Yudu, who says it's Yatsa. So Gemara says, how do you know that it's Rabbi Yossi and it's talking about even B'dyevet, maybe what this quote is talking about Rabbi Yehuda, and it's only L'chadchila, but B'dyevet, it is acceptable. Meaning, the din of Chutz Micheri Shotevikatan is only talking about L'chadchila. You don't get a, give a Cherish to read it because he can't hear what he's reading. But B'dyevet, it would be acceptable. So that's the Gemara's question. How did we know or jump to the conclusion that the author of that statement of everyone can read the Megillah except for Cheshav Zukotan is talking about Rabbi Yossi's opinion where it wouldn't be even acceptable if you, uh, even, even after the fact. Um, maybe it's talking in Rabbi Yudha and it's saying that ideally we don't choose a Cheshav. So the Gemara says, well, it makes sense because if we're talking about a Cheshav uh, and comparing it to a Shot of a Katan, just like a Shot of a Katan is not acceptable altogether, so it makes sense that the Cheshav is not acceptable altogether even by the Evet. So the Gemara says, well, maybe each one is its own way. Cheresh is only lechatchila not acceptable, and the other two, the Shot of Katan, are not acceptable at all. Okay, now, the Gemara says, it doesn't, so it's not a proof. Then the Gemara says, how can we say it's going like Rabbi Yudah? Possibly, didn't, the, didn't we see in the Sefer, Rabbi Yehuda is Machshir Bekatan. Obviously, it's not Rabbi Yehuda talking now. It's Rabbi Yehuda's being introduced later. So the Gemara says, not, not, that's not a proof either. Maybe it's all Rabbi Yehuda talking, and we're talking about two scenarios of a Katan, and you have to fill in some more information. That really, everybody can read the Megillah, except for Cheshat Bekatan. When is these words said, that's only by Katan, that did not yet achieve the age of Chinuch? But if he achieved the age of Chinuch, then even the Chatchil is acceptable because Rabbi Yehuda is Machshir Bekatan. And that's what we could be saying. And then, and then it's all Rabbi Yehuda talking. So the says, well, let's say we're going with Rabbi Yehuda and it's talking even that it's only Bidi Evid, it is acceptable, and the Chatchil it's not. So, and when we said a Cherish is not acceptable, that's only the Chatchil, but Bidi Evid is be okay. So then, who's the author of Rabbi Yudha, the son of Rabbi Shimon Pazi, who says that a Cheresh who speaks but can't hear can do Truma Lechatchila? It can't be Rabbi Yudha because he says that's only acceptable B'dyevet, um, not Lechatchila. And it can't be Rabbi Yossi because he says it's not acceptable even B'dyevet. So, Gemara says, okay, let's try it. Okay, let's assume that Rabbi Yudha holds that even Lechatchila, it's okay that you don't hear. So then, what's Pshat? In the Birchus Hamazon, where we saw an opinion that says that you should not do it quietly, like in your head, the, the Birchus Hamazon, but if you did, it's Yotze. Who could that be? It's not Rabbi because he says even Lechatkila it's okay. It can't be Rabbi Yossi, who would say it's even B'dyevet not okay. So it must be that there's another opinion, which we were introduced to. It's the Rebbe of Rabbi Yehuda. Again, it's almost like a repeat, but it's going on this, this other... Again, we're applying it to the laning of Megillah. That's really what... It's the same sugi as before. And uh, we were introduced to Rabbi Laz ben who says that when you read Shema, ideally, lechatchila, you should make sure your Shema is loud enough that you can hear it. And uh, Rabbi Meir says that you don't need to hear it at all. 
and because uh, it's all the, all that counts is kavana. And then the Gemara says that once we were introduced to Rav Meir Shita, so then he could be the missing Tana who says that it's even the Chatchila okay without hearing it. And it could be that Rabbi Yudah holds that it's only acceptable Bidi Eved, like his Rebbe, Rebbe Lezben Isaiah, and Rebbe Yossi is the one who's going to say it's not going to be acceptable at all. And that was the, uh, that was the end of that discussion. Okay. Quick question. Are we yeah. talking about the first line of the Shema you have to hear, or the three paragraphs? Um, good question. It sounds like that when we say uh, Shema, that would be at least the first, the full of the first paragraph is for sure what we're saying, but it would be actually the whole thing, according to Rabbi Yossi, that you have to hear it. It's referring to the entire obligated Shema, which would be all three paragraphs. That it should be loud enough. I believe that to be the case. Okay? Now, uh, in the end, we'll see what the Psaq Halach is right now. Okay? So, um, bottom line, which is uh, the, the, okay, the next, where are we up to over here? Okay. Um, Rav Chizda said the name of Rav Shilo, Halacha follows Rabbi Yehuda in the name of Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, that ideally you should be loud enough that you should hear it. But and the Halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda, that again, Lechatchila, Lechatchila, yes, but Bidi Eved is, is acceptable without it. And we have to tell you both opinions because don't think that Allah is like Rabbi Yehuda because that might think even Lechatchila it's okay without hearing it. That's why I to tell you that no, Lechatchila you should do loud enough. If you didn't, if you just say that, you might think that even um, that you must do it loud enough and if you can't, then too bad, you messed up. And, and meaning you'll never, there's no way to do it without hearing. And that's why to tell you that no, that it is acceptable to the Abed. Now, comes along Rav Yosef and he says, this is only a machlokas by Kriya Shema, but by any other mitzvah, of course you're not Yosi if it's not loud enough. And that's because there's a pasuk of Haskes Shema Yisrael, that everything else, of course, you have to hear. Okay, the Gemara says, what do you mean? What about Birchza Mazon? We said if you if you birch quietly, even that you couldn't hear what you're saying, then you are Yotzei. So uh, the Gemara says it's the other way around that the machlok is by Kriya Shema because it says Shema Yisrael, but by other mitzvahs, of course, you'll be Yotzei. And uh, I, it says Haskins so Shema Yisrael. That's talking about Dibri Torah. There's a special idea that you should say when you're learning Torah. You should say the Torah out loud. Finally, we're up to the next halacha when somebody reads and it doesn't read clearly. So Rav Tevi says in Rabbi Yoshia, the halacha is like both opinions, lahakel, meaning. If you do it not loud enough, bidyeved, it's acceptable. If you don't medactic in the osios, so we go also lahakel, it's also valid kriyashma. Okay, Rav Tevi in the name of Oshia, uh, when it says uh, the pasuk shalosh lo hine lo tizbana shol rechem. So what is the? It's like just another quote from him. So what is the comparison of Gehenna to a womb? The answer is is that it actually works the same way. Just like a womb, um, so, uh, something goes in and comes out, the baby is born. So too, in Sha'al, when a when person's buried in the depths, basically they enter, but they also come out. And uh, it's a kalvachomer. If by, uh, if, if by um, when a child is conceived, that's quietly, but when the child's born, he's yelling. And uh, but, so when a person dies, and he goes underground, so it's with a lot of wailing and crying. So when he's born, it's going to be really loud. 
And that's a tshuva or proof, basically, to the source, to the idea that there's such a thing as there's a mesim from the Torah, there's a revival of the dead. Next, we saw Rav Oshia said in front of Rava that when the Pasuk says, Uksav tem, that means that it must all be written, even the commandments, the words of the commandments, are also part of what needs to be written. So he says, who are you going? Like Rabbi Yehuda, who said by a sota that uh, you only have to write the alos and not the, not the tzivuyim. And that's because it says, kasavas alos eila. But over here, where it says uchsavtem, it's even the tzavos. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? That the only reason why Rabbi Yehuda says over there is, is because... Um, is uh, because it says alos. It says what you have to write are the curses. Didn't say they have to write anything else. Um, so the Gemara answers is that yeah, but I might thought, might have thought that we should learn ksiva one from the other, just like it says ksiva over there, and it's just the curses, meaning you have to write just the main point. You don't have to write the the commandment line. So to over here, you should only have to write the main parts and not the the statement of command. Kamash Malan, that since it says Ksavtem, therefore it means even everything. Okay, and that's the idea. Next we saw Ovadya, said in the name of Rava, when it says Vilimadtem, that means that the, your learning should be complete, meaning to put the spaces when you're reading Kriyashma. Okay? Which, uh, so, uh, for instance, when you say Al Levavecha, you got to put a break so you can hear the two words clearly, Al and Levavecha. Because if you say alavavecha, it sounds like one word. And that's, it gives all the examples of it. Alavavchem, becholavavcha, becholavavchem, eseb besadcha, ve'avadta meira, etc. Kan of psil, eschem me'eretz. Those are all examples of words that combine. The question that we had yesterday, which I don't have an answer, is that some of those isn't the same sound. If you hear some Spartan, pronounce it. It is close. Bays huh? and bays are very close, yeah. and, and pay and fay, I pay guess, fair, yeah. could be very close. But maybe that's a riot that uh, they have more accurate. <laughs> okay, and that is, uh, we saw the last, we ended with the last thing is that somebody who reads correctly. With, with the proper way and is medactic with the letters and says it slowly, carefully, then uh, the, his Gehenim is going to be cooled off. And we quoted a pasuk to that effect that they're going to put some snow in his Gehenim so that it cools it off nicely. And uh, so it sounds like it's a worthwhile, a worthwhile endeavor. All right.